Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Oz Network. Back for another last episode, uh, the first in a whole week, uh, as we continue on our journey to watch every episode of Lost on our mission to take longer than the actual series itself took. <laughs> and we're winning, I think. Uh, so we are back. It's season five. We're moving through pretty much at the halfway point. Not quite. We have episode seven, the life and death of Gummy Joe. <laughs> Too soon. Aww. Uh The life and death of Jeremy Bentham. Um, this is episode seven of season five. It on February 25th, 2009. The good old innocent days of 2009. <laughs> where, where would you rank that year? Oh, look, the financial crisis, underrated. <laughs> um, you know, it had a bigger a impact teenager. than I thought, but not no COVID. Care. No COVID. No COVID, no. Uh, but we did lost, lose a dear old friend. Uh, so this episode was written by Carlton Cuse and Damon Lindelof. Uh, I wonder what happened to those two. And Never directed happened. by Jack Bender. Uh, and my name is Noah, and I guess my parents had a sense of humour when they named me. <laughs> and my name is Ben, and I think this is the best mango I've ever eaten. <laughs> oh, I want a mango now. That sounds really refreshing. Mmm, <laughs> mango. <laughs> Underrated fruit. Underrated. I Look, uh, I, I have no thoughts on a mango, to be honest. I don't really eat fruit, so, you know, I like mango flavour. Well, <laughs> good on you. This episode got uh, awkward, all right. <laughs> don't like this uh, shade on mangoes. You should have an opinion. Uh, very expensive in Korea. So let me just dream of a mango for a little bit. You better move then, you know. Can, uh, I, just, can, I, just, can I, before I just, I really have a random thing to bring up in this episode. I'm really sorry to interrupt you, but I'm on the Emily DeRaven Wikipedia page because why wouldn't I be? <laughs> That's pretty hard. You know, Emily DeRaven, Australian-American actress, did this, did that, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, listed on Maxim's Hot 100 times. There's a line after it. I feel this is just somebody who's added this for the sake of adding it because this doesn't look fact-checked or nor can I find any news stories about this. Emily also had an affair with Netflix star of Lucifer, Tom Ellis, which led to Tom Ellis <laughs> breaking off his marriage at the time. What? <laughs> Has Emily DeRaven done this? Like, because I mean, like, literally, I thought this would be some sort of breaking news, but I, I type in Emily DeRaven, there's no news stories for this. Like, who's added this to Wikipedia? 
Is Emily Durappen trying to make Emily Durappen happen again? I think so. Like, I just, <laughs> I don't know what's happening here. I'm sorry to bring that up so randomly. It's got nothing to do with this episode. Like, even if I type in Tom Ellis, Emily Durappen on Google, it doesn't come up with, like, a, you know, predictive search. Like, this is just somebody. Emily, stop editing your Wikipedia page. She, that's where she was during this season. Yeah, apparently. Uh, oh, hang on, there's a website here, onceuponafind.fandom.com. Um, what? This is stupid. Anyway, move on. <laughs> Fake news. Fake news. Uh, so this is kind of the second part of a kind of trilogy of sort of moving episodes, kind of the big three of the season, really. Three very kind of unique episodes. Um, and we mentioned last week how this was supposed to air before 316 and they moved it around, which I think was a good decision. Um but yeah, it's a very, along with last week, it's one of the more unique episodes in Lost history. And as I said last week, I don't know if it holds up as well as when you first watch it, but there's just something so sad and something so John Locke about this episode. I like this episode. I kind of was reading online sort of some of the viewpoints of this and looking at on some people's like rankings lists and that, you know, it doesn't rank that highly. I mean, I'm not saying I'm going to rank this highly, but it's just, I don't know. I don't think there's anything wrong with this episode. I, I, I'm i a Locke fan. I, I'm glad we get to know what happens to him. I feel bad for the guy. I mean, we've got a top five moment potentially in this episode. We've got Darth Locke as well in this episode, which is always <laughs> good. Um, but yeah, oh, Gummy Joe, like, you know, it's Sad that he died, and we finally get to see poor Gummy Joe die, and get some really sadistic Ben in this episode. Holy crap! So, yeah, like I, I think this is a pretty decent episode. This is, uh, well, firstly, it's the conclusion to the mystery of Locke being in the coffin. Uh, they mention the coffin in season three, then they show who's in the coffin at the end of season four, and then. Now this is kind of the conclusion of that plot line. Uh, and even way back in season three, they mentioned the name Jeremy Bentham, I'm pretty sure. Uh, you can see it in the background of the, at the funeral or something. Um, and then it's also uh, a weird episode because we didn't know it at the time. And this is what makes Lost great is literally probably, would you say the second or third main character, maybe third after Jeff and Kate main character, dies in this episode and this is so lost because we didn't even know it and even when you watch it you don't even know it but this is the end this is lock literally lock is not in the show after after this and we'll get into how he is later but this is lock's death well i mean you're right because like it's um you know obviously with the mystery around why lock is still alive on the island kind of was that the big question. I remember watching this going like, well, I don't get it. I don't understand. But then obviously, you know, it makes sense when you know what happens. But yeah, and that's, that's where like I'll be a big advocate for his death in this episode as being a top five moment because it's like it's epic how it's done. And it's, yeah, like as you say, it's kind of behind Kate and Jack, probably the main star of this show. I mean, Terry O'Quinn, I think, was the only one at this point to won an Emmy, wasn't he? I, I don't know if uh, Michael Emerson had won one at this point, but um yeah, I mean, you know, big star and a lot of the best stuff in this show is around Locke. Um, he's such an intriguing character. So I yeah, I feel like when it comes to his destiny, like, I, I don't know, is this is this generally perceived as a big moment in the show or is it kind of swept under the rug a little bit because you still kind of get him for the last sort of season and a half, even though it's not actually Locke? I think it's more swept under the rug uh, because he never left the cast and he's there in the finale. Uh, 
and we'll get into some of the genius of Terry O'Quinn later and more next season, but uh, I don't think any show before, during, or after this episode has ever killed off a main character at this level without the audience knowing it. <laughs> like, this is literally Locke's death episode. We had Boone's death episode. We had oh. Echo's death. This is literally Locke's death episode, and we don't even know it. Yeah, well, that's a good point. It's kind of like the viewer blind side in Survivor, <laughs> like, you know, when you think that someone's going to get voted out. and Yeah, but it's, it's, it's so true, and it's, I mean, it just adds to this tragic story of Locke. How he dies, like holy crap! It's such a such a lock way to die. <laughs> like, let's be honest. On brand, yeah, it's on brand with old gum. Poor old gummy Joe. <laughs> like, just even the picture for this episode is very gummy <laughs> Joe. Jeremy Bentham is such a lock name. Like, it's just <laughs> kind of like you know, can't be like Fabrizio Santoro. It's got to be you know Jeremy Bentham. Sure. I, I guess it's going to be weird because do we eulogize Locke in this episode or do we do it oh. in the finale? Or I mean, I guess you technically do kind of have to eulogize him in this <laughs> because again, it is the death of Locke. This is this is Locke. He's dead. He, he dead. <laughs> That's why it's so, so so unique because he is such a a big character. And you know, obviously Jack dies. Spoiler, but it's at the oh, very what? end. And then we have some big character deaths, but they're never quite like. We love Sun and Jin, and we'll get to theirs. It's the saddest moment in television. But <laughs> even they're, like, not quite on that kind of importance level that Locke is as a character. So, like, this is the only character in the show that of this kind of level that ever gets killed off other than in the finale. So it is such a strange uh, death. And they, what makes it good, I think, anyway, is they never kind of go back in season six and say, ah, oh, so he did actually die here. It's up for the viewers to think back on and yeah. think, oh, that actually is the last moment of Locke ever being alive. They never make it obvious, which I think is good. I hate it when shows treat viewers like idiots. That's a good point. Um, and it's kind of, it's interesting you mentioned Jack, and if you're listening to our Breaking Bad coverage, uh, skip forward now, but it's kind of, it's. I mean, Jack's death is very similar to Walt White's death at the end, kind of the very last scene where it's kind of like... They did a Jack Shepard. Yeah, you, d- you don't have, you've got to digest it, but it's kind of expected in a way, you know, it's a sacrifice. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a different element to it if they, you know, had have gotten Michael Keaton and killed him off in the very first episode, so... Yeah, I, I mean, look, it's 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 it is it's so odd to think that this is his last episode. We should be just, you know, great TV death. You never talk about Locke's death, which is weird because, like, it is it like it's, it's a pretty epic scene. Like, I mean, I fought tooth and nail to get Boone in our top five and got him <laughs> equal fifth. But I mean, you know, you're not going to talk about Boone's death as an iconic death. Of, well, only Ben Waterworth would. But I mean, of all the, all the deaths in this show, like Locke's is a pretty epic. I'd, you know, maybe top five death in this show. I'd say just below Joanna. Because <laughs> <laughs> Boone couldn't save her because Boone was a lifeguard. Oh, what about, um? yeah, uh, I, I was going somewhere with that. Not funny. What was that, Scott? Shannon. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, it does get swept under a bit because of how unique it is, uh, but it is great. And luckily for us... I guess we can eulogise him, but luckily for us, uh, old Terry O'Quinn, old Gummy O'Quinn is still in the show uh, for the rest of the two seasons. So, it's so we soap can opera. maybe not eulogise. 
Well, because it's kind of like, you, you know, it just it reminds me of like Friends when Joey gets back into Days of Our Lives and he's playing like Dr. Drake Ramore, but with a brain transplant. Like, and I've watched soap operas before where like the evil twin comes into it. It's the same actor, but different character, like just so they can keep the actor in the show. Like, it's just, it's. I mean, you know, if you were to spell this out without having watched the show and yeah, so Terry Quinn's still in it, but he's not playing Locke anymore. He's playing, insert who he's playing here. You're like, oh, what is this? Days of Our Lives? Like, yeah. Well, it is that view of blindside because at this point we don't know either. We think Locke is alive. Yeah. Um, and I thought it was this episode, but it's actually a few episodes ahead. He has that great quote where he says, I think to Ben, uh, he, he says to Ben, when I think they're sitting on the beach, and he says, welcome to the land of the living. <laughs> I thought it was in this episode, which would have been a great way to end this episode, but I think it's in a couple of episodes. Um but, yeah, I guess, yeah, maybe we don't eulogise him, but it, it, it is a weird concept even now, all these years later, to think this is the end of John Locke in Lost. Um, I see, see how we feel when we get I don't know. I feel like you kind of do need to eulogise him. I don't know. That's just, how we are. that's just my opinion, I think. Oh, uh, well, yeah, we'll see. We've also got to eulogise someone else, uh, not to the quiet level of Locke. Um, <laughs> but let's get it. This is... Uh, I guess we had the other 48 days and we had 316. This is one of the only ones that we can just go through in order. Um, so that makes it easy for me. Um, and this is also, I don't know if you noticed this, one of the only episodes of Lost to be uh, a little bit longer than 42 minutes. This one was around 46 minutes. Oh, um, I did not know that. Which... I don't know why. They still couldn't fit Sun in. Um, <laughs> Claire, where is she? Come on. <laughs> Sleeping with Lucifer stars, apparently. Uh, yeah, so I don't know how that worked on the night when it aired, but kind of interesting. For, Less ads for chicken quite, feed. Yeah, quite rare for network TV, really. Because um, they do it, I think, I, I feel they do it a lot more now. But, like, yeah, this is kind of back in the day when they, yeah, it was sort of, because I, I think kind of, when TV shows worked out that, oh, if we don't make our introductions as long, we can cram more into an episode. Uh, so, you know, you're you long lost, your great um, epic, you know, title sequences for TV shows. But, um, yeah, I mean, Lost is one which obviously you can't really... So, like, we've got the... Like, lock turning to the camera and, like, Claire yeah, going, well, oh, my baby. <laughs> you can make an argument that Lost is partly responsible for the death of TV opening sequences. Uh, maybe not them alone, but definitely a part of that wave of death to the o- and i'm on there i say death to the opening sequence i'm really? not a fan of the opening sequence oh, get on with of, it there's a bit of charm to it like come on like i mean when you get first used to watch it. survivor like get the on. opening credits like no there's only so many minutes in our lives get on with it oh, death Jesus, to the opening. such a millennial god damn it i'm the only survivor fan who was happy that they did away and just got on with the episode. We don't oh. need to know what show we're watching. Just get on with it. If you, so if you were ever on Survivor, you wouldn't want your name to be on an iconic opening credit of you like slow-mo with like your boobies jiggling as you jump off a thing or something like that. No, but if I was in Lost, I would want my head floating through a black <laughs> space. <laughs> I'd watch that. Uh, but anyway, the episode starts pretty much where we left off two weeks ago Uh where we have a bit of a flash with Christian. Um, the bastard got credited in this episode for <laughs> something that he wasn't even responsible. He was 
film this weeks ago. Uh, movies uh, John Terry is getting a credit for this work. He, he, he did, did play more Felix Leiter. Come on, recap than Felix Leiter. So. Uh, and he, he says, "Say hello to my son," which we talked about. To it, who's your son? I just love. I still love that reaction from Locke. There is a funny line from Locke later on when he meets Jack that I quite like. When he's saying, well, "Oh, it's a bit of a racist one." and it's not Hurley's dad. Slightly racist Locke. Clearly not Saeed's dad. How do you know? What if it was Saeed's dad? <laughs> And Jack's like, what? My dad's alive. This is my dad here. Since <laughs> a black guy walks in. Who'd have been saying it's not Hurley? Which, uh, like, we know Hurley's dad, but I don't think Locke's ever met Hurley's dad. How does Locke know that that's not Hurley's dad? Racist Locke. Uh, and maybe when he said say hello to my son, he meant son. <laughs> that's a very good point. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your son? No, son. I mean, Which I still son. I, I still stand by its dick, you know, um, uh, Mr. Shepherd line because I just love the reaction from Locke. Who's your son? Like, it's again, you may as well just be like, say hello to Jenny. Barry. Who's Jenny? <laughs> 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 I'm going to do that from now on. Whenever I leave a room and I'm saying goodbye to a person, I'm in a room with Noah, say goodbye, say hello to my florist. Who's your florist? <laughs> I do like that idea, though. He means my son, like son. Yeah. <laughs> my dear daughter's son. <laughs> so then when he visits son, oh, your dad says to say hello. She's like, what? I just talked to him <laughs> 10 minutes ago. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, Locke wakes up in the same desert that, uh, that Ben woke up. And I'm guessing, you know, Louise talked last week about how there's different pockets of energy. And we talked about the Lost spin-off. I'm guessing maybe this is something to do with that. Have you been to uh, Tunisia? Have you been to Africa, Noah? Yeah, and I have to say this desert would not be like this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's completely unreal. Looks more like Tatooine, basically, you think? Um, I'd go they to do Tunisia. a great job of turning... Uh, Hawaii into Tunisia. Oh god, yeah. I'd I'd, I don't, I'd like to know like where they film this, like in Hawaii. Like, I will nitpick at certain things in this episode when it comes to clearly being in Hawaii. But um, <laughs> it's yeah. I mean, I would go to. I mean, a lot of people go to Tunisia because of Star Wars, obviously. But um, yeah, I, I'd like to know where they can find sort of an area like this in in Honolulu, a very green green place. Um, like, is this just like a a, a, a dump yard and they've just kind of cleared it with some gravel and obviously putting some CGI sand dunes in the background or something like that. Very clever. Very, very clever. I guess the one thing that Lost doesn't get enough credit for is they use CG and they use sets, but they really don't use a ton of CG and they really don't use a ton of sets considering the fact that they filmed all of this show in Hawaii. Mm. Well, I mean, like, all jokes aside about me nitpicking Sydney, but, like, I mean, obviously, you know, they're going to put a CGI opera house in a harbour, which, I mean, say what you will about the layout of the city, like, it's still very realistic, it looks like. But, like, in this scene kind of at night when you see, like, the sand dunes in the background and everything like that. it just took me out of it. It was not shitty for at all. Yeah, that sand dune shouldn't be there. It should be to the left a little bit more. Not how I remember but it's like, we talked about that back like with the Echo and the Africa stuff. Like, it's it's clever. It's very clever. Like, if you didn't know that this was all filmed in Hawaii and you thought they'd go to a location somewhere to do it, like, it's it's very well done. And even, like, this hospital stuff, like, 
you know, obviously set people in television and movies are very smart people. They've got to make us believe this. I get that. But um, at no way do I not think this is Tunisia. <laughs> I saw Ray standing in the background bearing a lightsaber. I really did. Blue milk, I saw the two suns. Like, it was there. I was, I was the right word. there. Yep. The burnt, burnt Baru and Owen still burning in the... Does this episode take place during hot Baru or hot burnt Baru? <laughs> Oh, uh, hot, hot, yeah. I saw Joel Edgerton as as Owen. Jack Thompson as Emily DeRaven was trying to bang him. <laughs> she is a Wookiee, remember? We've gone over that before. So, uh, yeah. So I agree, it's great setting. I I've never been. I've travelled quite a bit. I've never been to a desert, and I would like to go to a desert. I You've been to Hobart. That would be an amazing experience. What? You've been to Hobart? Desert? Ha <laughs> ha! <laughs> Joke. Uh, was that a joke? <laughs> no. I've flown over a desert. Does that count? <laughs> I've flown over some deserts and it looks just amazing. Yeah. Like, the first time I ever went abroad was to London, which is a long way to go for your first time. Uh, and it just blew my mind. As yeah, a 19 year old blowing it, blowing it, fl- flying over shit like that. I remember flying when I flew to Malaysia, kind of, um, yeah, you, you sort of flew over parts of like, you know, central Australia. So you see kind of the red sand, that's really cool. And then, yeah, in America, I've flown over the sort of the Grand Canyon area and you can kind of see it, like, it looks pretty epic. But um, yeah, I've never been to a desert either. Um, I'd go to a desert. Why not? Oz Network field trip. Yeah, exactly. Let's go to a desert. And we'll stand there and we'll go, cool, a desert. I'm bored now. Let's go. I don't like we'll sand. We'll go to Tunisia and then stand there and say, this doesn't look like love. Oh, can we go to Tunisia and I wear my I don't like sand t-shirt? Like, come on. <laughs> yes. Yeah, cool. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to go to Naboo. We're going to go to Italy. Um, you know, I've been recreate to the scene. Oh, well, I've been, I've been in Italy. I haven't. I've eaten pasta. <laughs> uh, so I kind of like the camera stuff there. Like, imagine the lock waking up and we have a bit of uh, blue milk coming out of old Gummy <laughs> Joe when he's lying there. Uh, but <laughs> imagine waking up nipple. in this desert and just seeing that camera there. It's just, it's a bit scary. Like, it's almost. Thriller, Big Brother horror. Tunisia this week on <laughs> Big Brother Tunisia. <laughs> uh, I do love that he's just standing there and he's calling for help, but no one comes. And eventually at night, just the car drives up and just this at this point must be terrifying. You don't think that it's Charles Wimbo or anything. Like he's thinking at this point he's getting abducted by a terrorist. He's just been on an island for however long and now he's in the middle of the desert and terrorists have come and thrown him into the back of a car. It's <laughs> terrifying. Nearly gets run over too. Like I just love the fact that he's just like, like dick terrorists. <laughs> dick uh, terrorists. They... That's a bit of a redundant statement <laughs> as opposed to all those good terrorists. <laughs> but uh, they take him back to the doctor. I quite like the hospital scene. It's quite good. Uh, and they give him like the stick to hold down for oh, the leg. I hate this scene. Uh, well, it's funny because wasn't it only last week that, or maybe two weeks you were talking about open wounds? And- yeah. Yep, yep. Hate and him. then I was thinking when we, I was watching this, I'm like, oh, he's not going to like that. <laughs> I'm uh, glad you thought about my feelings for once, Noah. It makes me feel <laughs> happy. Uh, well, I was quite happy that that came up, actually. Yeah, good. It's um, burn me, break my legs. And we have creepy Matthew Abaddon watching. Uh, God, he got to Tunisia fast. Or, uh, or either that or he was already luckily there. But God, <laughs> the one one day and he was already there at the hospital. He's, he's he's everywhere. He's he's um he's quantum basically. 
Uh, and then however long later, he wakes up and we, it's quite cute having Charles before they're watching. Oh, Alan, there he is. <laughs> Uh, but Whitmore's back and he's sitting by the bed and he pours him a glass of water. I thought that's quite <laughs> sweet. Uh, and uh, he, he talks about that they've flown in someone to do a, a better job with the leg, but he's still going to be injured. And then this is quite a good scene where Whitmore talks about uh, how he was 17 when he first met Locke. And then he asks Locke, Well, how long was that for you? And Locke what did he say like three days yeah and like this is part of the reason and it's never spoon fed to us but this is the part of the reason why Locke is considered to be so special mm. not because he is special but because he's showing up all over the place within the space for him three days for Whitmore is 50 years he's Starbucks uh, he's everywhere like he's just he's not <laughs> quantum there's, there's a Starbucks on every corner right he's he, John Locke is a Starbucks of lost but yeah, quite a quite a good scene. Uh, I like having with more and Abaddon there together, and uh, it's not something I ever really thought we would ever see is John Locke and Charles Wimborne meeting. But by the time it happens, no one's really surprised. Um, they kind of look um, like they could be brothers. Like I could watch a show yeah, where Alan Dale yeah. and Terry O'Quinn are, are brothers. Uh, and then. Uh, yeah, so Locke is asking about the the exit, and the, well, the camera and Widmore says, "Well, that's our that's the exit from the island." Which let's not get into the logistics, but I think it's pretty cool. Um, and this is where Widmore, which at this point we don't really know, he talks about how he was the leader of the others and was exiled by Ben. Hmm. Uh, that's why they've got a common enemy, I guess. Is they both want to go after Ben. Uh, so I think this is the first real sort of mention that we could get that Widmore was the leader of the others. Which, so we, we haven't seen, or have we seen young Widmore and Locke meet? Have I forgotten that? We saw the young, young Widmore, but there's like medium-aged Widmore that we haven't met. All right, okay. Um, yeah, I... The leg scene, just oh, like just the broken and putting it back into place. And have we missed the um the scene with what's his face on the island? Or are you coming back to that Caesar on the island? Oh yeah, technically uh, at the very beginning, right? We have that scene. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know if because if I yeah, I just oh, well, we, we, yeah, we can mention that the very beginning of the episode before we go into the flashback is uh, after the crash. Uh, and it's quite creepy having Caesar walking around uh, like the offices of the Hydra Island. Uh, mm. Even though we've already seen that location, there's just something off about it and a bit creepy. Um, uh, but uh, they're talking about like all the people that are injured. Uh, and then we also meet Alana, who we briefly met last week as well. Uh, and this is a bit of a pet peeve on Lost because she talks about how, uh, well, there's a man with a suit and no one knows him from the plane. And they've said that in the past on Lost. It's like every flight I've caught, if I crashed on an island, I think I'm recognising maybe the two people next to me, maybe the one yep. person in front of me, and maybe two of the flight attendants. Yep, yep. <laughs> no one recognises him. 
It's and it's it's weird because like are these just the nosy neighbor types that know everyone? Like I mean, I, we realized that there wasn't that many people on this flight, and because like Hurley booked at all the seats, but like who? Yeah, you're right. Like who knows everyone? Even like if we think back to the old days of Lost, the old classic days of Lost, like you know everyone seemed to know everyone. But um, it's a good point. But I like this is the first time you kind of see the plane, isn't it? Like kind of that the plane is kind of almost in one piece <laughs> Didn't on cry. the beach. But um. I love I love the reveal of Darth Locke. Come on, like on the fire, he's got this hood on and he kind of pulls his hood off. Hello, my name is John Locke. Like just Darth yeah, Locke. It's really creepy, especially because we know he was in the coffin, but now he's back on the island. Yeah, which I mean, it's kind of do, I, do we get better explanation about how the plane stayed in one piece, or is this it? Like we just see them on the beach and the plane. No, I think There's we're going to see it in maybe. Two weeks or three okay. weeks. Okay, good to know. I know the show very well, but um, <laughs> but uh, outside of that, I just I didn't know whether you were coming back to that. I'm just trying to do your job for you, Noah. Um, but oh, I forgot because it was only like a tiny scene at the beginning. My bad. I, I like kind of the one thing I'll say about lock in hospital scene is I do like the guy in a turban in the background. It's sort of a <laughs> connection to Double uh, Seven. But um, oh, like just the leg and the biting on the wood and like just oh, like God. So I'm never if I go to Tunisia, I'm getting some very good health insurance. Um, just, oh, and I don't know if I'm jumping ahead here or not, but I, I like the, uh, the Canadian connection here where we get, uh, John Locke becomes Jeremy Bentham with the Canadian passport. So he's officially Canadian. Um, so that's exciting, but I do also like the newspaper here that, um, that Widmore hands to, um, to Locke and it's like, Oceanic Six survive. <laughs> Like, he's held onto this newspaper for some, quite some time as he's ready to go. Like, oh, I better have a copy of a newspaper in my back pocket in case Locke shows up. Like, but did you I ever keep saying, like, oh, and they lied about it. But Locke was the one who told them to lie. Why would True. he care? True. Did you, are you, I mean, you did journalism, clearly as successful as I am. Um, did you, like, keep newspapers on historical days, like, did, growing up as a kid or things like no. that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I've I've got a scrapbook of 9-11. I went out and bought all the newspapers oh and I front pages and I've got it all. And I um, I used to do that with a lot of things. Like I've got a lot of, I think I've still got the, the first Mercury for the millennium. Uh, like I went and got the January the 1st, 2000. Um, I think we've got like a lot of the Port Arthur Massacre stuff somewhere. Like we kept all it because, you know, it's kind of cool to look back on that now. I like it. So not, not that the disasters happened. But it's like these historical moments, you know. Like I've got I'm all the newspapers. Awesome. I do. Like I'm just oh yes, another one, another terrorist attack. But uh, I mean, God, I've got all my, I've got all the newspapers basically from the Sydney Olympics. Like, yeah, I'm that kid. I think I kept uh, a lot of the TV guides that had lost content in it, but I don't know where they would ever. I think they're long gone now. I used to keep stuff like that. Like uh, I used to get TV Week and everything. But uh, I'm just, I'm just looking here at these his passport. Um, so, it says he was born in New York, according to this passport, but the issuing office is in Vancouver, so not far from where I used to live. So, there you go. I, I could have bumped into old Gummy Joe, my Canadian friend. There he is. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, so a bit later, they're talking about uh, saying how they need to bring everyone back to the island uh, and... Widmore is saying, you have to go back, you have to go back. Uh, and then Locke's wondering why, and he says, well, there's a war coming. And uh, if Locke's not there, the wrong side is going to win. Uh, which 
it sounds very ominous. I don't know if it ever really plays out that way or what he's actually on about there, but it sounds cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But then uh, they're there and Widmore gives it Lockie's mission. He's got to go to all six of them and try and convince them to come back, which I quite like. Gummy Joe's mission of the week is quite good. Uh, like, it's quite a simple episode. It's literally him just visiting each person, but I like it, whatever the format. Uh, and he gets his uh, fake name, so he becomes Jeremy Bentham, and he says, your parents had a sense of humour, why can't I? Uh, uh, for, for Ben, uh, John Locke and Jeremy Bentham are both philosophers, which is what... Thank you. Uh, more <laughs> You're waiting for me to comment on that. There's this awkward silence. <laughs> <laughs> They're famous lost characters, aren't they? <laughs> uh, so it's a bit a bit on the nose, I think. Um, but it's cool, I guess. Is this Especially a thing for philosophy f- philosopher fans? Or like I'd be like, ah, ha, 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 philosophy joke. Like, you know, like I'm just gonna be looking at this going, hey, g'day, Jeremy, how are you? And it's like you don't get my name. Because that'd be me like going like, oh, Jack Shepherd is my name to like a non-lost fan. Like, you know, like Rupert Bonham is my name. Yeah, hello, Mr. Bonham, how are you? Like, ah, <laughs> who the hell changed my name? Well, I think Jeremy Bentham, John Locke, Hume. Are all philosophers? Uh, there must be some other one. But cool. Yep, I did philosophy. Yep. <laughs> no, it back to. Prime. I never did philosophy, but surely I in did university, gender studies. You must have come across count? John Locke and Jeremy Bentham at least once. Seriously, no, absolutely. <laughs> I'm not even joking. I'm not even joking. To me, they're lost characters. That's, that's as far <laughs> as I go. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Uh, but he, he gets his fake name and then he also gets a sidekick. Uh, it's Matthew <laughs> Abaddon's back. Uh, Lance Frederick is great. He's in. I like everything. Abaddon. Yeah, Abaddon is a good character um, and great actor. He shows up in all the network TV shows. Uh, so he's got his mission, he's got his identity, and he's got his sidekick uh, who's going to get him wherever they need to go. Uh, so. He's off on his mission, Gummy Joe's task of the week, and they're in the car. Uh, I quite like this. A bit sour, Gummy Joe, towards Matthew Abaddon. Um, And he's like, don't talk to me. But he's like, well, that's fine, uh, but we're almost at the airport, so we need to go near where we're going. Uh, Which it's like, imagine they get to the airport and, is there just always going to be a flight wherever they need to go from Tunisia? Like, are they not going to have to sit awkwardly next to each other for like eight hours in the airport? Well, I don't know about every time you've been to Tunisia, but every time I have, there's just always been a flight. I mean, you know, Moss Eisley is a very busy spaceport. Uh, while I'm talking, you can do some research and see if it's actually <laughs> possible to get from Tunisia to Santo Domingo. In the what is Dominican the capital Republic. of Tunisia, Noah? Can you, can you give me that much? Yes. Tunis, well done. You actually, you're good with capitals, aren't you? So I like capitals. I like flags. I can tell you the Tunisian flag. Can you tell me the Tunisian flag? No, what is it? It's red with a white circle and a, a red moon and a star on it. It's kind of similar to Turkey in some way, but uh, people can't different. see this on the audio. But he's looking at his screen while he says, <laughs> <laughs> um, "You asked me to do research, so you know." <laughs> Uh, but he he says first up we're going to go and go to Santo Domingo in the Dominican Republic 
uh, which for us, we don't know anyone from there. So it's a bit of a mystery of like, well, who are they going to visit first? Uh, so we learn that Gummy Joe's off. He's made it to Santo Domingo and uh, he's off to see Naveen Andrews, who uh, has given up on Lost and has become a builder. Uh, but they're still tra- checking him down. Won't let him go out of his contract. Uh, but he, he's trying to build. Um, Saeed looks good in neon. He does. Yeah. <laughs> We've never uh. seen Saeed in casual clothes. Uh, but he's kind of working for like a, what is it, some sort of like NGO sort of building charity sort of third world sort of thing, which is really sweet of old Saeed. Um, and then uh, Locke shows up and someone's saying, Saeed, someone's here. And I have to say, uh, Saeed doesn't look overly surprised to see Locke, <laughs> considering he's in the middle of the Dominican Republic. No one does guy. in this episode. I swear no, no one in this episode is like, oh, there's Locke. Like, there he is. So uh, they talk about how he was working for Ben and then he talks about how Nadia got killed, which, again, like, We'll also get to Helen later. It's just quite frustrating. Uh, and Saeed's saying, well, there's no way I'm going back. Uh, why would you want to? Um, Locke says, well, if you change your mind, I'll be staying at the Westerfield. And then I love the end for Saeed. Well, if you change your mind, um, want to do any real good, you can find me here. Which I want to see the alternate ending where Locke <laughs> doesn't kill himself. He just goes back there and builds houses with Saeed. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's had a pot farm, so why couldn't he bloody well, um, you know, build houses? Build a house. Yeah, I, I like this is where Saeed ended up, but I almost wish this was the last time we ever saw Saeed. This would be a good end to his character. Um, I agree with that. But I have to say, probably the worst of the little vignette scenes of the episode, but he does look good in Neil. He does, and good for him for helping out, you know, Saeed. And I kind of, actually, I'm not, I'm not a man bun man, but I kind of like his little ponytail that he's got going here, like... He's looking healthy. He's looking, you know, he's moved he's on. He's looking healthy, good. Yeah. Good on him. You know, the zombiness of him is not there. Um, Just quickly, so if we want to leave tomorrow from Tunis to Santa Domingo, uh, the <laughs> cheapest one, uh, $666. Oh, that's uh, way cheaper than I was expecting. That's, that's quite cheap. But uh, having said that, I've just got to... Quickly look here at uh, the transfer. It's a it's a long journey though. It's a <laughs> thirty five hour and fifteen minute oh, journey. Uh, I don't know where we're connecting yet. It hasn't quite loaded for me yet. Um, well, the the quickest way, which is a sixteen hour journey, uh, would cost us eighteen thousand uh, eighteen hundred and thirty seven dollars. Uh, and again, I'm not sure where we're transferring. So uh, uh, you know, saving half the price for saving half the time, I should say. Uh, will cost you an extra thousand dollars, or if you don't mind having nearly two days worth of travelling, then uh, I think I think uh, we're self-transferring in Paris. If oh, uh, oh no, here we go. Not. Sorry, let's uh, let's let's track uh, bags not included though. That's a bit of a shame. Uh, hmm. We are going from Tunis to Paris, then we're oh, going from Paris to Madrid, and then we're going from oh. Madrid to Santo Domingo. So that's how long the- in Paris and how long in Madrid? Uh, we have a two-hour layover in Paris and an eight-hour oh. layover in Madrid. 
I want to see the the deleted scenes when Abaddon and Locke are running through Paris taking photos of the <laughs> Eiffel Tower, eating ice cream. <laughs> Two hours worth kind of going on there. Uh, if we do the quick version, the $1,800 one, we are connecting in Nice in Madrid. Uh, so we've got a two-hour layover in Nice and a two-hour layover in Madrid. So there you go. It's an hour flight from Tunis to Nice. Uh, to Nice to Nice. Uh, it is a two-hour flight from Nice to Madrid and an eight-hour flight from Madrid to Santa Domingo. Oh, that's going to be awkward for Locke and Abaddon. All those layovers. I, I would I would watch that. But I like, um, I like Dick Farmer's in Tunis who decide to cross their goats across the road as soon as the car is approaching. Like literally they've got this empty road and as soon as the car is approaching, they're like, no, 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 goat crossing. Um, so They don't like cars. They don't. They're coarse and rough and irritating and they, they get everywhere. Yeah, um, so I don't know if his decision about Santo Domingo was the fastest of all the decisions he could have made. Yeah, because like he's about to go to... New York, or I guess Dominican Republic's near, yeah. Uh, well, no, probably yeah, would but be. If, if he flew Tunis to, like, Paris, then he could probably get Paris to New York direct. True, but yeah. And, uh, Come, you, Gummy Joe. Correct you, Noah, when you said you don't know anyone from the Dominican Republic. Hashtag bring back Billy. Billy Garcia is Dominican. Come on. Did I say I don't know anyone from the Dominican Republic? <laughs> I think you meant lost characters. It was a bad joke. Move on. I love Billy Garcia in Lost. It's early, I don't know isn't it? Many people from many countries. I don't know anyone from Tunisia. Because you're a racist. You only support yourself from the white countries. How are you in Korea? I live in a non-white country. I'm a minority in this country. Oh, playing the white card. Oh, I'm a minority. <laughs> well, you're a minority in Tasmania. Am I? Everyone else is not dumb. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> oh, that that the one-headed variety, the variety of person who's left this state and lived somewhere else. Yeah, I am a minority. That's true. I'm in that minority too, and I'm glad to be in that. I won't be here for much longer. Shut up. <laughs> we are the only two people who ever left. Doesn't I mean. know, and I got brought back. <laughs> Thanks, life. We have to go back. Yeah, I had to have that. <laughs> I had to go back. That's how it ended. That's how my life ended over there in Canada. I'm standing at a gate. Evangeline <laughs> Lily's there not wearing a mask. We're going to go back, Evangeline. You can put on a mask on the plane. You don't have to wear a mask in Australia. She was on the plane in two seconds. <laughs> I have to go <laughs> And you didn't even get visited by Gummy Joe before. Oh, I know. If I had Gummy Joe had visited me, I would have been on that plane in a heartbeat. Send me to Santa Domingo. Come on. Yeah, we could go to Santa Domingo and work on houses. Yeah, I mean, you can. Too much work. Yeah, I don't do physical labour. I'm a <laughs> podcast host. It's mental enough. Uh, so anyway, the next scene after denied by Naveen, uh, we move on to probably the most surprising moment of the episode. I don't think anyone saw coming New York. Uh, and <laughs> I have to say, you talked about Darth Locke earlier. Incredibly creepy by Gummy Joe and Matthew Abaddon yeah. in this New York street when these two are standing outside this school, <laughs> just staring at the students coming out. Like this weird bald guy in a wheelchair and weird tall other bald guy just staring at the school. But Walt's into it. Walt's like, hey, there's old Gummy Joe and old creepy bald dude. 
<laughs> I just love how Walt says, oh, I'll catch up to you later. Everyone's just like, oh, okay, bye. So yeah. I'm just going to go and talk to this old white dude in a wheelchair over there. Do we like old Walt? school for the last hour. Do we like our good friend Malcolm David Kelly on, you know, there he is. Lost lost his balls. Well, his balls have dropped, I should say, and he's old. And I think, yeah, if there was ever an episode to bring him back without making him like a main character, it didn't really make sense to have him for Jack or anything like that. And we had him with Hurley. Uh, but, yeah, this makes sense because Locke and Walt were the sort of characters. Um mm. I feel like in 2021, you're not getting the plot line that you got with Walt and Locke in 2004, but that's a story. Uh, backgammon? Come on. <laughs> starts with backgammon. Uh, yeah, that's how they <laughs> fell in love. <laughs> <laughs> it started out with backgammon and now they're going like this. <laughs> yeah, but they, these two were the kind of characters that were connected to each other, so it makes a lot of sense. Uh, I like having him back and... Now it's a bit more connected with his age. Theoretically, he would be 13 here. He's not quite 13 year old, but it's a bit more believable than. Well, he 11. did have a stressful time on the island, so I mean, it's yeah. pretty quickly. <laughs> we uh, went over. Didn't we go over that recently with um, Rousseau that she's actually only like 29? <laughs> uh, but even though I liked the idea of it, I'm not sure I like the scene. There's not really much substance here. You're bringing Walt back but it's just a little one-minute chat, and then he's like, okay, you're off the island, and my dad's still there, bye. Is this the last time we see him? It's the last time we'll ever see him on the show other than in the epilogue thing. Oh, Oh, that's right. Um, Yeah, I'm kind of with you. Like, it's a bit random, but at the same time, I I like that we get a scene with him. Like, I feel like it's, um, you know, we needed something, like, because we know he left. So it's kind of nice to kind of get a conclusionary scene with him. Um, so I, I'm not that down on it. Like, yeah, you're right. Like, it makes sense that it has to be locked that sees him. And I, and I kind of like when Abado is kind of just like, oh, you're two from two. And he's like, oh, you know, that boy's been through enough. He doesn't have to come back. Like, I, I kind of like that. Um, and that Walt gets a happy ending. You know what I mean? But this so. is where Eloise Hawking needs to bang on the window. No, you must recreate the scene. It's possible. Well, exactly. Like the shoes on lock. Like, I mean, come on. <laughs> They're putting shoes on a dead body. Be, 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 be hypocritical, Eloise, there. You know, like, you know, send all the white people and the Asians back to the island. Save the black people. You're racist. Like, dead, um, dead body uh, with some old guy's shoes. Okay. But yeah. what? Been- <laughs> They do, uh, I will say, in terms of the aesthetics, they do a good job of making this look like New York. No, so good job so for down, good, good job for downtown uh, Honolulu here, I think. I mean, I've been downtown Honolulu and, yeah, there's certain corners that you could, I mean, any city. I think even Hobart, you could realistically make a certain street corner look like New York with a couple of props. I mean, city's a city, right? But um, I, I like creepy. Like, you talk about creepy bloody Lock and Abado here. What about creepy Ben? Like just in the background, the way he's like, he's like, sort of stare that he's looking at there, like he's going, get away from my Walt. Like, what would have made this scene better if Locke had gone, Walt, Walt? <laughs> yeah, they're going to review the footage uh, from this school and just see three different old guys, yeah, just hanging outside the school. Like, There's nothing wrong uh, with old guys hanging out with schools, Noah. So, but I do have to say, uh, Ben scrubs up quite well in this yeah. episode too. Michael Emerson, yeah, um, pushing my buttons in this episode. 
but yeah, I mean, I've only ever seen New York in movies, but if I didn't know that this show was filmed in Hawaii, I would have believed this was New York completely. It's, I remember my, um, before I ever went to New York, I did a, a set tour of, um, uh, Warner Brothers in LA and they kind of have the generic New York street set and like kind of it's very clever the way they do it because like they even point out like on the the concrete like they deliberately go around and putting like bubble gum on there to make it look worn and like you kind of just scratch the street and just yeah and like having been to New York then you kind of realize that it's quite sort of you know it's realistic I mean obviously New York is a very prominent place where they film things and can kind of be recreated pretty easily so yeah I mean this legitimately looks like a street corner in New York City. Again, back to my point with Tunisia, like if you didn't know this was filmed in Hawaii, the whole thing, you would easily believe that this is a New York street. I find, uh, again, I've only seen New York in movies, but I find New York so weird where the schools like this are just like open up onto the street. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Even I live in a big city or fairly big city, but even then the schools here have ovals and have, or squares and have, tracks and have like separated from like the main high well not highway but the main street like yeah yeah i find it really weird i remember i mean i went to elizabeth college hello to all our elizabeth college people in hobart and that was as close <laughs> to downtown as you can get for a school we're in, big in, in elizabeth college we're, we're huge following. i mean I'm, a, I'm an alumni from that school they they treat me like a king like, oh I'm podcast not, host ben waterworth went here you know I'm on. I'm, I'm on the I'm honor a roll. To that college. Actually, I am on the honor roll. I was ducks of media studies. Thank you very much. I was. <laughs> the, I I did well in one class, and I was runner up to ducks in journalism. They just didn't give it to me because they didn't want me to have two. So there you go. I Screw think, it. Well, I I think the only thing lower is if you were ducks in philosophy, but then you would have done about <laughs> Jeremy Bentham. Then I would have had a character named after me and lost. So you know. All those media studies shows have characters named after me. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's it's cool that we got the scene. I just think they could have given a bit more substance. And, you know, why not actually just take Walt back? Why couldn't he be in season six? I, I want to see. Things full circle. You know what I want to see? I want to see Walt and Claire getting to know each other. There you go. Well, well we've now learned that she gets around a bit so maybe she was <laughs> now now when he's an adult i'm not insinuating well he is one half of mkto i mean you know come on isn't it a weird thought that we interviewed this guy i know like it's, it's, it's so weird to think that we interviewed this guy <laughs> and it's Hello, Malcolm. He, he's older than me but when we watch this show we'd see like so you're allowed to call him hot then that's what you're saying <laughs> I could, but I'm not going to. <laughs> Why? Are you homophobic? Noah, what's wrong with saying that another man's attractive? Oh, I just said so he looked hot in neon green. Touche. <laughs> Sorry, not Saeed, Naveen Andrew. Yeah, Naveen Andrew, what um, a man. So luckily after old Abaddon and Locke's big expeditions from all over the world, uh, Next, most people are going to be just in California now, so good for them. Um, but before that, uh, we should mention in New York, finally, our Locke and Abaddon are finally on speaking terms. And it was so cute that they had some coffee together. I thought that was kind of cute. Um, but they're on speaking terms, and he talks about, you said you can find anyone. I want you to find Helen. Hmm. 
he says, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll see what I can do. Um, Are you thinking we're going to get, oh, Katie Segas in this episode, yay, we're going to get Helen. Yeah, we'll get to that, but we should have got that. Um, but, uh, next, we're going to Santa Rosa in California, very familiar location. Uh, there's the mental hospital. Uh, pure, so hurly this scene, so much fun. Uh, Jorge Garcia, such an underrated actor on this show. Uh, I love him. He's just out there. He's drawing the Egyptian thing, which is a bit of foreshadowing because we'll later see the Egyptians on the island. Um, and then I love when Locke wheels up and he says, oh, how did you die? <laughs> he's been seeing Charlie, he's been seeing Echo at this point, and then he says, what happened? I fell down, uh, what does he say? I fell down a hole. Oh, is that how you died? And Locke's like, well, what do you mean? Die. And then I love when he talks to the nurse, am I talking to a guy in a wheelchair <laughs> right now? And the nurse is like, she's a very unprofessional nurse. I think the way she was... <laughs> She was mild flirting with Hurley. Mild oh, flirting with Hurley. Oh, yes, you are. This nurse, uh, Susie Lazenby. Lazenby. Oh, Lazenby. Didn't <laughs> happen to the other nurse. Played by Grizzle Toledo. Ah, oh, uh, the. Nurse Lazenby. Nurse Lazenby. Oh. Trivia, we, we no longer have theories, which is really sad. Uh, but in trivia, she was credited differently at the press release each time. <laughs> The press release. <laughs> this week on Lost, we meet Nurse Lazenby. <laughs> the character that would change everything. Yeah, he is in a wheelchair. Uh, she was credited simply as Nurse in Dave and as Orderly in the beginning of N. Later, she was credited as Susie in The Life and Death of Jeremy Benton. Wow. And she was Grand uncredited in The New Man in Charge. How many episodes is she in? She's like in more than Boone. <laughs> Uh, Nurse Lazenby's family name was revealed when George Lazenby, when Hurley spoke to her and Dave. Her first name was not given until the life and death of Jeremy Benson. Wow. Uh, besides playing the role of Susie, actress Griselle Toledo also played Nurse Tyra in Happily Ever After. Yep. She's what? also She's played also a in Happily nurse. Ever After? Oh, the show. I thought I'm thinking of um the bloody Once Upon a Time, different show. Sorry, lost actors go to die. I'm thinking, Jesus, she really is there, isn't she? Yeah, she gets around. Oh, Nurse Lazenby. Oh, go to a Facebook page. This is interesting. Sorry, I'm just looking her up. I like the name Grizel. That's quite cool. Grizel. It sounds. Isn't that a character out of um like Wicked or something like that? I don't know. <laughs> Big Wicked fan <laughs> on the show. I yeah, love it. He's got. It's got a link to Facebook page and it's taking me here to Justice and Solana. This isn't Gazelle, this is some kid. <laughs> Everything Jay and Soul right here, love my kiddos. What? Okay. Good on you, lost people. Gazelle's been hacked. Bring bring back theories. <laughs> <laughs> I miss the theory that I think this show went downhill when we lost the theory. I agree. Yep. Uh, but That's why I we like- took a break. I like Susie Lazenby where she says, yeah, he's there. And then Hurley's like, what? Um, and then this is where Locke's saying, you need to come back to the island. And then this scene is so good when he see, when Hurley sees Abaddon and he, and he says, uh, don't look, Locke, uh, but there's a guy watching him. And then I love when Locke looks. I said, oh, I said not to look. <laughs> he said, 
it's okay. He's uh, working for me. Uh, and then I love that Hurley says, no, that guy is evil uh, and talks about how he showed up earlier in season four, pretending to work for Oceanic. Uh, and is it, uh, maybe I'm making it up, but is this, oh, somebody mentions in the episode, they're going to get you eventually uh, if you don't. Is it maybe Jack? Somebody says about Abaddon. Uh, yeah, I've had. Don't trust them because they're gonna get. Uh, maybe we'll come to it, but yeah. So anyway, Sayib is a no, and Hurley is also a no. Um, and I, is is this where Abaddon's like a bit of a dick? Like you're four from four now. Like you're doing well. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> my this is my nitpick right now. They're meant to be in California, and you've got like misty mountains in the background, which is clearly Hawaii. So like, I mean, come on, like. If you can superimpose sand dunes in the opera house, can't you superimpose out mountains to make it look like California? Um, just a nitpick. Um, but yeah, I love Hurley. Uh, I love just his reactions. Um, and just, again, so accepting that he's just being visited by dead people all the time. <laughs> it's just, how you doing? How'd you die? Like, God, I want to see Boone show it. up. Come on. Yeah, this was the perfect time for Boone to be standing right next to the lock. Oh, you think that Boone. they're together. Because we don't get this is the only season we don't get Boone, isn't it? Yep. Oh, season oh. four we didn't get any Boone. So we haven't had Boone in two. So- what are we doing, Noah? Yeah, we haven't had Boone since he was all bloody climbing up the airport. Oh, what? No, Boone. Lack of Boone. We get him a couple of times next season, though, don't we? I feel like we get multiple yeah, times. Yeah. More, season more season. Boone in next season. Probably more and Boone than season one. Yeah. Ah. Oh. Hashtag Ian Summerholder. Save some more dolphins. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I like it. I, I, I like Hurley's dressing gown. Um, just, like, I just want to be yeah, locked in the facility. So I want to sit outside my dressing gown and paint things. Like, that sounds fun. That's what I was thinking. I watched this on a Sunday, I think, before I had to go to work on the Monday, and I was like, I just want to be with Hurley, just drawing <laughs> pictures in my dressing gown. Just start telling people in Korea you see dead people, didn't you? There you <laughs> go. I see Terry O'Quinn. Yeah. Oh, don't kill him off. I what? see George. Oh, no, George Lazenby's still alive. He's someone who's dead. Um, I see Sean who's Connery. <laughs> uh, uh, but, yeah, Jorge Garcia is so underrated. The way he's just so nonchalant about everything at this point. It's just, oh, you're dead. Uh, it's so good. Uh, but he gets back to the car, and as you said, Dick Abaddon, uh, four for four, or three for three, uh, and this is uh, where finally they talk about where he knows Abaddon and he says that uh, I was the orderly in the hospital. I was the one who told you to go on the walkabout. And we already, he already said uh, before I think, oh, he says it here, I help people get to where they need to get to, which I love that quote. It's just very mysterious. Is, is he meant to be evil? Like, because he works for Widmore? Like, is this kind of the thing? Like, I mean, is it kind of one of these blurred lines of whether you're, you're on Team Widmore or Team Ben? Yeah, I think he is a bit uh, that kind of mysterious. My kind of headcanon is maybe he works for Jacob, and I kind of wish that they actually made that clear. That would have been better if they revealed, oh, Abaddon is pretending to work for Widmore, but really he's one of Jacob's, like, Guys helping people get to the island would have been a better sort of uh, twist. Is is this the first episode we actually hear his name? Uh, I'm not sure. 
Because otherwise he's just mysterious dude who just shows up a lot. Uh but I like that they mentioned that he was in the hospital at the end of last season. And I remember hating how they kind of retconned that he was there and that he was the one who made Locke go. But actually, when you tie it together with everything of uh, that we more knew Locke was on the island from the 70s and uh, that Richard Alpert knew Locke was on the island and visited him and you kind of piece all the bits together, then it kind of makes sense that even though in Abaddon's timeline, Locke hadn't gone to the island. He knows through Widmore and Alpert and whatever that Locke will go to the island. So they're kind of pushing him towards that point. Uh, so originally I didn't like how they kind of wrecked on that, but I think it fits together quite neatly when you piece it all together. I, I like his um, little swarminess when he's in the car and he's like, like it's, he's being a bit of a dick, but it's, I just like his facial acting. He's going to look, hmm, four from four, not doing good. Hmm. Hey, he's a great actor. Um, yeah, and, and like, I want the I want the spin off of like two bald men drive a car. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, we've got more gummy, episodes out of this. Old Gummy Joe and old Baldy McBaldface. There, there they are, like driving around. You know, the Bald Brothers <laughs> standing outside of schools. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. You can stand outside schools and be creepy when you're bald. It's okay. <laughs> uh. So next we have our Dick Kate moment. Uh, <laughs> Kate is such a bitch in this episode in every I love, line. I love Kate, but Kate is an absolute dick. Like, like she is horrible in this. Every scene. line that she says in this episode, she's just awful to love. This isn't Kate. This is Evangeline Lilly being told about masks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dick Karen moment through this whole scene. Uh, so we have it like a. There's no sort of introductions like the other two. They just cut straight to the in Kate's house, uh, house arrest Karen. Um, <laughs> quarantine Kate. Uh, quarantine she's in her, Kate. She's in her house and they just immediately cut to Kate coming in. This is a little cringy. I know you like Kate, but come on. When she, the first line is, the answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> That's my worst nightmare if I ever went to Evangeline Lily's house. <laughs> Well, she was talking about the mask. <laughs> oh, true, true. <laughs> the answer is no. <laughs> but for everything else, it's a yes. She basically Instagrammed that. The answer is yeah. no. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, she's such a dick in this episode where she, I'm not going to go, uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then she's like, I think about you sometimes, and now I realise why you were so... <laughs> angry and obsessed is because you never loved someone oh. uh, just laying into him the guy's got a broken leg he's been through <laughs> trauma to save everyone he's bald and then, then gummy joseph that's not true i did love someone i love his delivery her name was helen <laughs> uh and then she's like well what happened and the way she's talking what happened? And then he said, well, it just didn't work out. And then maybe Dick line of at least of the week, but maybe the season. She, I can't believe she said this. She says, and look how far you've come. <laughs> <laughs> that is the Dick line maybe of the season. Yeah. Kate. I love Kate. I do. Uh, I'm the staunchest Kate defender on this show, but... Um, Poor Gummy Joe, like he's opened his heart out. He's basically like, 
you know, like I was angry and blah, blah, blah. Well, look how far you've come. Like, fuck you, Kate. You <laughs> she, killed your dad. She, she's under house arrest. She can't leave the state. Look how far she's come. <laughs> uh, I'm actually looking at Evangeline Lee's Instagram right now. And at the time of recording this, she's posted a picture of her looking terrible. It's like anyone know a cure for jet lag. And it's kind of like she looks like a zombie. Uh, and I love here somebody's replied, Candy Crush. And she replied to this person with laughy cry face. So if you want to get a reply from Evangeline <laughs> Lilly, reply with Candy Crush. So there Clearly you go. She's very busy at the moment. Yeah, she's got short hair now. Oh, boo, yeah, Evangeline. So doesn't she have bald hair? She, well, she looks very good in this bikini. It's not a, a swimsuit. She's got, like, short hair and a swimsuit. Um, don't yeah, know how I feel about Evangeline Lilly with short hair. At least uh, she replies. Matthew Fox is completely missing in action. Have we have we discovered this yet? Has Matthew Fox uh, showed up? Have we, any news yet on how long? No, search but I was actually Matthew Fox? looking at. I was looking at Evangeline Lilly's Instagram maybe a few weeks ago, and I was surprised that she posted this because I thought she was pretty anti-lost. But she posted all these things, and she was saying like lost memories, and it was pictures of Matthew Fox and all these people. Oh. And she said, "How about we have a reunion?" Well, like wow. Evangeline Lilly is calling for the lost reunion. That's the last person I thought would be. Well, let's let's be honest, because you, she, everyone hates her now because of the thing. She's like, oh fuck, what do people <laughs> like me for? Lost. Hey everyone, lost is back. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll wear a mask. I promise. Well, Michael Emerson, I'm just seeing here on the topic of a lost reunion or whatever. Um, Looper. A week ago, of time of recording, this is probably months old by the time you hear this. Um, the headline is Michael Emerson reveals what it would take for a lost revival to happen. Exclusive. Oh. Um, and he said it would be tricky to pull off because he doesn't think the original people would come back. I couldn't name you a handful of original actors that would do it. Maybe I'm wrong <laughs> about that, but I think I could speak for anyone else that was in the original show. There would have to be a hell of a new take on a new angle. We would all have to be playing something kind of brand new. Um, I mean, let's be honest, Michael Emerson, you're not doing much in life right now, so you're probably yeah. hanging on to this happening. Um, <laughs> Michael Terry O'Quinn. Matthew Terry Fox O'Quinn is literally be. staring at his phone every single day. Um, <laughs> Imagine <laughs> Lilies. I think it's going to happen sooner rather than later at this point. <laughs> let's be honest, uh, as much as we think half these actors should be in movies, they're probably going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Emerson's going to do it. Terry O'Quinn's going to do it. Evangeline Lilly at this point. Well, the Wasp spin-off is not happening anymore, isn't it? So, um, you know, poor old, uh, I mean, Black Widow's getting one and she's dead and the Wasp is still alive and she's not even getting her own bloody movie. So, yeah. Hashtag make Wasp, make Wasp movie a thing. Make the Lost movie a thing. Would you, would you watch if they did a Lost movie? How would you feel? Would you rather, would you rather like a 10-part Netflix uh, reboot or would you rather a movie? None. <laughs> I'm with you. Leave it as it is. Unless it's the Boo Chronicles. Michael Emerson is saying that we all have to play different characters. Michael Emerson and and Claire. (laughs) The dramatic readings of my baby. (laughs) They could just do Lost again. Like, just same scripts, same everything, just film it again. Call it Lost again. Lost again. It's the exact same episodes. It's just everyone twenty years old. Well, they've 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 made um an Indian version of twenty four. They've just done a Japanese version of twenty four. So let's well, have the Korean Indian version lost. of Lost. You know? Oh yeah, Korean Lost. Bring but back who are Sonny Jin? Are they like Australian? Yeah, Emily DeRaffin and <laughs> Jack Thompson as as Jin. 
Yeah, if they did a Korean uh, loss, then the Sun and Jin characters will have to be something different. Yeah, they have to have, yeah. Does that mean that, like, Daniel Day Kim will play Claire? Jack. I could, Jack. <laughs> I could see it, yeah. And and uh, Yoon Jin Kim would be Kate. <laughs> Claire. <laughs> Shannon. Uh, she would be Boone. It, it, yeah, it wouldn't be a very diverse cast like the American version, but I would watch the Korean last one. Yeah, I mean, I've I've sort of seen the Indian Twenty Four, and I've got the Japanese Twenty Four. I just can't find subtitles for it. So once I learn Japanese, I'll be able to understand it. The uh, they could bring back Jin's dad. Yeah, that would he be could, he could Alan play Dale. Ben. <laughs> he could play. Anyway, ben. wow, we're really getting sidetracked here. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. So after Kate absolutely rips the dog Gummy Joe, uh, he comes out and sees Abaddon. Abaddon's saying, oh, we couldn't find her. People get married. Blah, blah. And he calls the balls. He's like, bullshit. You found all these other people. Which, to be fair, like, we, we could pretty much, I know this was 2007, but we could pretty much find anyone now. If well, we, knew we at can't least- find Matthew Fox. <laughs> oh there he is found him that's true i was gonna say we could probably find anyone but we don't know where matthew fox is so how can people not know like this guy was like one of the biggest tv (laughs) stars like 10 years ago like he was like literally down the street not even in america right now nobody knows like, like this is just like the biggest mystery. Like, remember when that um the the gym guy went missing, Richard Simmons or whatever it was, and they're all like, "Oh, the mystery podcast, yeah. let's find him." Like, where's the mystery of Matthew Fox? Like, this guy's just gone. <laughs> oh, we could... Finding Matthew Fox. Finding Matthew Fox. Oh, this the lost spinoff. <laughs> uh so he gets angry at Abaddon. Like, you found everyone else, and then he goes, "Okay." And this is where they're in the funeral. I mean, in the cemetery, and poor Helen has died. Aww. It is sad, but it just frustrates me that Helen and Nadia were such characters in the early days, and obviously they didn't know that they were going to get off the island and everything, but, like... Do they? It, I just feel like in the later seasons they just erased the inconvenient parts of the earlier seasons just because they got off the island. Like, why couldn't have Said ended up with Nadia in the end? Mm. Yeah. Uh, and why couldn't have Helen just been? This is heartbreaking. It's a great scene, but why couldn't have Locke and Helen reunited? And she sort of could have said, "Oh, you're on that plane," and then, but still turn him down. And maybe that's what leads to his suicide. Is that even? He gets to reunite and she still doesn't want to be with him or something like that. It's, it is a touching scene and it's heartbreaking seeing them at the grave and saying she had an aneurysm, but it almost just feels like they went out of their way to just conveniently sweep all the things they had set up under the rug from the first two seasons. Is she in the the church at the end, though? No, but she's in the flash side Right. So I was going to say we see her at least one more time, don't we? Um, but, yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with you with the Nadia stuff. Like, I mean, God, don't get us started on bloody him and Shannon at the end. Boo. Um, but, yeah, because, I mean, the whole thing with at least Saeed was all around bloody um, 
uh, Nadia. It just makes no sense. But yeah, like the one sort of like positive, nice moment when Locke is kind of with Helen. Like it's kind of yeah, I'm with you. Like why, why, why? Like just make Locke's life even worse. Essentially, it's kind of you know <laughs> like poor old Locke, Gummy Joe. And uh, she, it wasn't long ago either. It was only a year ago. She died in 2006. This did on seven. Um, I thought you were to say Katie Seagal died. I'm like, I missed that news. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, we were robbed of Katie Seagal coming back for season five too. Yeah, this is the um, second greatest Seagal after Stephen. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was uh, it's a touching scene. It's sad and. I like that they had a bit of a conclusion to the Helen storyline, but it does seem a bit swept under the rug. Uh, and this is where then they're going back in the car and Locke's feeling a bit down. And then this is out of nowhere, poor old Abaddon, bang, 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 gone. Uh, Brains all over the back's windshield. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Chunkiness just, all over going there. <laughs> this character that's been recurring for quite a while, just gone like that. Uh and then poor old uh, Gubby Joe's trying to get away, uh, <laughs> get into the car, and then he's just knocked unconscious. Uh, so bye bye to Matthew Abaddon. Um, I guess do you have any uh, final eulogy kind of words for Matthew Abaddon and for uh, Helen Norwood as well? I guess if there's any memories or any final things you want to say. One thing I'll say, Helen has a very boring headstone. Uh, it's just in loving memory of Helen Norwood, dates on it, okay? you got lots of space above and below it. You could have written a few more nice things about her. Um, I mean, I feel at least mine will say something like, I told you I was sick or something like that. I don't know. Um, I don't want to get buried. You can burn me. <laughs> Colin will burn you. He's got a <laughs> fetish for that. Um not overly. I mean, I, I kind of like this idea of Abaddon just kind of like just seeing him randomly and just kind of popping up as kind of that random guy that you kind of get to know what he what he is and the theories and kind of the mystery around him and the, the fixer sort of character. And, yeah, Helen, how many episodes is Helen in, like, two, three? Maybe six, maybe. Six? Oh, Jesus, I undersold that completely. I mean, Katie Seagal's great. Uh, so, you know, you've got to love her being – we've talked her up a Four, lot in maybe. some of – our other episodes, and yeah, I like Locke having a love interest. Like, why shouldn't Locke get laid? You know, old people can get fall in love too. Thank you very much, Kate. There you go. No one shave your head. You might have some luck. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I don't have a whole lot to say on either of them, but I mean, they serve their purpose. I I like them. Um, yeah, poor Locke. He he lost two people in this episode. He was getting. He was going to hook up with Abaddon. Clearly, he was going to. I was feeling the chemistry Bald towards sex. the end. Though. Bald sex. That's probably a fetish <laughs> if you type it into you porn. Bald sex. Uh, Helen was in four episodes and Matthew Abaddon was in four episodes. Uh, Matthew Abaddon's final uh, words were, hey, I'm just a driver. <laughs> I can't uh, put it on a T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's not a lot, really. It's a biblical name, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but, yeah, cool character. Lance Reddick is a great actor, and I love the sort of mysteriousness. I wish they gave a little bit more of kind of his background, but still great. Uh, and then we love Katie Seagull, but we'll see her again uh, next season, so we don't need to worry too much about her. 
And oh, we will fuck. also hear her on Futurama, now available on Fox. Uh, so Gummy Joe has his car crash again. Uh, he's gone through a lot of trauma on his body. Abaddon's dead. Uh, this is when he wakes up. And who's in the hospital? The doctor with him. It's our hero. Old Stumble, Harry Joe. Jack Shepard. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I have to say worse than the beard. Not a fan of the stubble, Jack. Yeah. What's wrong with stubble? Nothing wrong with stubble, but it, it doesn't look good. Ah, I think he pulls it off. Does all right. It's, uh, it says in Lost Week here, a disheveled Jack. <laughs> Our disheveled yes. Jack. Uh, and then I kind of, it's a bit dumb that he would end up in the hospital with Jack, but that's Lost. Oh, I like it. Uh, and then there's, like, imagine Jack, who's having this kind of type of war faith sort of thing, and then Locke shows up in his hospital, like, what? Uh, and then uh, Locke was talking about how they have to go back uh, and about how it's their destiny. And Jack, he's still in that phase of, well, it's not my destiny. Um, and uh, nobody's special and everything. It's typical Jack and Locke conversations that we love. Uh, and this is where he says that we already mentioned your dad says to say hello. Uh, it couldn't have been said. It's not Hurley. Uh, and then this is where we get some angry Jack, which we get most episodes, really. But my dad died three years ago. I buried him. Uh, which is a weird thing to say because Jack has also seen his dad on the island. <laughs> uh, but... Uh, I, I kind of like this, how Jack's saying, none of us were important. We got off the island and none of it was our destiny. Uh, it's kind of an important scene for Jack as well. And it ties together. Uh, I guess we may as well talk about it now, how Locke later says, which I love this line where he talks to Jack uh, Locke in the hospital, in the hotel and says, Jack bought a ticket, uh, LA to Sydney. And don't know why I didn't go to LA to Tunis. but uh, <laughs> Guam? <laughs> LA to Sydney and then he's flying back in the morning. Uh I love I love that. Like I love that we don't get that from Jack. We don't have any indication, but knowing where Jack does end up, this is kind of the important missing puzzle piece between we have to go back and and Jack getting off the island. This is such an important scene for both Jack and Lol. Uh and I just love that Gummy Joe, he didn't know it, but it, it worked. Jack bought a ticket, and we know how things turn out for Jack. So this is kind of the beginning of the end for Jack. Why does Jack buy a ticket? Doesn't he get a golden pass? Doesn't he say, <laughs> like, in those episodes that he just he's just flying back and forth between the plate, like that's what he's been doing? Maybe they don't get first class. I mean, no, Jack's <laughs> a little fancy. Um, great acting from both of these. I mean, it's never not great acting yeah. from both these two, of course. But, um yeah, I, I, I just, I'm glad you brought the whole line up about, well, you're not Saeed's dad. Like, it's, you know, it's kind of like semi-racist lock. Um, but, um, yeah, like, I, you just feel for Locke, kind of. He's trying his hardest here, you know. He's just he's doing what he can. Poor old gummy Joe, and no one's listening to him and basically going off at him. So, um, is this kind of like, as you see, like the turning point with Jack that basically... I mean, Jack basically turns into Locke when he's on the island, doesn't he? So it's kind of, yeah. thanks, old Gummy Joe. It did work. So Yeah, it really you... did. This is, even though he won't ever know it, he, he did his job. 
they all went yeah. back and Jack changed his mind. So never give up, kids. If you keep listening to the Oz <laughs> Network, you might be entertained one day. You never know. One day you'll listen after a thousand odd episodes. We're still Go, holding on. That, that's actually a good show. I, I, I enjoy it finally. Yeah, so this is the last ever Jack and Locke seen. Really not, but last in their timeline of their life, uh, last time these two ever have Aww. a science faith sort of conversation, and it worked. Finally, Locke did something that succeeded. Uh, and really, if you think about it, Locke sets in the motions for the rest of the show with everything that happens when they get back to the island. It all kind of stems from this episode. So uh, he was special, and he didn't get to be a leader, but even though he'll never know it, he kind of was the one who set everything in motion to change in the island. So in a way, Gummy Joe won in the end. He was It was his destiny. It's a good point you make with that, and it's kind of it is a nice little conclusion to to Gummy Joe. It's 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 sad that you know ultimately you're never gonna like yeah get that like, and he kind of goes out how he's about to go out um, without knowing that. But um, I guess his legacy is that he did what he intended to do, whether or not he believed it or not. So again, the day that I die, one day people will realize that there was some entertainment from me. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. You said in the motions for the rise of the Oz Network. <laughs> the rise of the Oz Network. Better movies than the rise of Skywalker. <laughs> uh, so he, he feeling like he's just failed everything. He's in the hotel. I have to say, oh. for all the money that Widmore has, the Westerfield Hotel looks like a piece of shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like That's where Locke should be like, oh, clearly Widmore's evil. Put me in this well, the, cesspool uh, of a shit, though. Yeah, they've even got blood on the roof from somebody else killing them. <laughs> he's he's pushing another body away before he's trying to tie himself up. Move out of the way, Jimmy. It's my turn. <laughs> uh, but this is where he see he writes his suicide note that he Jack got last episode. This is where I'm saying, do you think uh, we know that the episode switched? Do you think it's a good thing they switched the episode? And we saw the letter last week. And then we see, ah, he wrote it. Or do you think it's better to see Locke write it and then Jack get it? No, I think it's better this way. I think it's kind of, I like that sort of mystery around Jack seeing it. Because I kind of, that whole episode about like when you find out that he killed himself, like that, that's more of a, a reveal than like if we've seen like what's about to happen and realise that he didn't actually kill himself, like... I think it's because, yeah. like, again, it's it's the reveal that he kills himself and you're shocked and then you're seeing him here about to kill himself and then ultimately what's going to happen. I think it, it, it it's more like this death scene is more weighted, more, it's more, uh, what's the word I'm trying to find? Like it's it's deeper than it is if you saw it the other way around. So, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty heavy. So, Locke, everything has failed. He couldn't succeed. He's no longer on the island where he was special. He's back. He doesn't know how he can ever get back. No one wants to do it. It was all for nothing, so he's going to kill himself, which is pretty heavy, even for Lost. Uh, and even though you know it with Jack, I guess you don't quite believe, is this really going to happen? Are we really going to watch one of our main characters kill themselves? Mm. Uh, and we see him, he's on the the chair, and the he's got the cord out, and it's all his whole life has just been so pathetic and so sad. And this final episode is so John Locke because it was pathetic and sad. Uh, he doesn't know that really he did fulfill his destiny. He thinks it's all a failure. So he's going to kill himself. And then just as he's about to do it, we get a knock on the door. 
and then a few more knocks, and then John, John, and then uh, strongman Ben kicking the door down. Uh, I love his. I love Locke's reaction when it's kind of like he's like, "What? Like I'm about to kill myself? Like what?" <laughs> I like his reaction. Be and then he tries to kill himself even faster. Yeah, I love that like, he tries to shit, do it. <laughs> he tries to do it before Ben can get in. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's thinking, "What? Ben's here?" Uh, and Ben's saying, "Don't stop." I, just, I mean, I know what's about to happen. But it's a bit sweet when Ben's saying, "Oh, don't give up, John." Uh, yeah, you actually did it. Uh, Jack bought a ticket. Um, and we also learned that Ben murdered Matthew Abaddon, not the only person he will murder in this episode. Um, <laughs> oh, this is where I'm talking about how Ben said, if I didn't do it, he would have got to you eventually. Uh, um, yeah. See, I knew that. I, I knew just wanted somebody to make you work it out. <laughs> uh, uh, so he's saying, uh, we, uh, Widmore was using uh, Locke to get back to the island, and that's why Abaddon was there and that's why ben moved it uh and ben is saying no you are important you're the leader um and he talks about how jack bought the ticket and changed his attitude and that's when Locke finally is crying oh gummy joe crying is sad and i love it when he says to ben oh oh thank you thank you and uh and this is where they mention son as well like i haven't even got to son yet it's like Career is closer to Tudor's, surely, than Santo Domingo. Well, uh, is it? I don't sort know. Of halfway, sort of in both Around sides. the same, maybe. But, yeah. Um, but you could get from, I'm sure, to Tunis to Paris, Paris to Seoul, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> cut out that extra layover. Um, that would have been kind of... Fun to see Gummy Joe hits up Soul. I'm sad we didn't get that scene. <laughs> it's like one of those, um, like montage bits when he's like sticking out the roof of a limo, looking around the bright lights in his face, and it's kind of just like all this Korean music and all you know, got like the neon signs. <laughs> like what was that one in The Simpsons when it's like missing pants and he's going to all the pants stores and you see all the neon <laughs> signs, like, kind of like that. <laughs> yeah, that was sad. No Yunjin Kim. Uh, and this where. He shows the wedding ring and says, I, I wouldn't contact it. I don't want to nitpick this scene because I agree it could make the top five, but I, I kind of don't like how this is the wedding ring is the thing that turns Ben to, to like, this is the one. They go so much on about this wedding ring, but we talked last week. I was like, it's just the ring. It could mean anything. Uh, so I, I kind of don't like how this is the last kind of thing that pushes Ben over the edge, but that's nitpicking because... It does tie well with two weeks ago where we saw Ben had the ring. So now we can be like, oh, that's where he got the... It all tie- Season five does a great job of where you look back and go, oh, that's where they did this and this. Uh, and then he's saying, well, Locke's saying, we need to go to Eloise Hawking. And then I like how he's like, what, do you know her? <laughs> oh, yeah, I do know her, actually. <laughs> and for a brief second, it seems like, okay, Ben and Locke are going to do their thing. And they're going to go off, to, and I love vlogs that go away, Gummy Joe. Oh, thank you, thank you. And they're going to get together. They're going to do it. But Jack bought a ticket. We can do it. Bang. Ben kills John Locke. 
something I don't think any Lost fan ever saw coming. I know I certainly didn't. We know that Locke died. I don't think anyone quite believed it, even in this episode, because we saw him later. But I don't think anyone, when this show was going through the motions, thought that Ben would be in a hotel in California, choking John Locke to death and actually doing it. Yeah. But we've literally got one of our main characters killing another of our most important main characters. And literally he dies this is ben literally kills john lock there's no more john lock even though we don't know it ben just killed john i look i see your point about the whole ring reveal is this is what pushes the edge but i mean this scene is just too good to not have in our top five i mean come on like lock's getting murdered by ben like i mean just put that on paper alone that's that's amazing enough um i think it's just the way it's done like I, I question why doesn't Ben just kind of like, why does Ben get him down? Like all he has to do is kind of kick the table once he, you know, reveals it and then boom, he doesn't have to go to this whole, you know, charade of, of, you know, moving the room back to make him look like he's killed himself. So, but I mean, I guess that's what makes it more cold. Cause like on paper you could say, well, that's all Ben had to do. But, um, God, like poor old gummy Joe having a bit of a cry and, um, you know, just kind of breaking down and Aww. Ben being so nice and, you know, you've, you've, you've done it, John. Like, you know, you <laughs> bought the ticket. Like, it's all good. Yay, Teen Lock. And, oh, it's just just the way it's done. Like, it's just this just sums up Ben. This is just why Ben is so amazing. Like, he's being nice. He's kind of, you know, you think he's being that, but he's just such a sinister little prick that he's just going to do something like this two seconds later. Uh, and, like, I know I'm kind of jumping ahead a bit here. Uh, I don't know if you were covering this as well, but, like, kind of when Ben eventually leaves the room and kind of, like, just sort of looks at him and he's just kind of like, I'm sorry, John, and then just leaves. It's just like, oh, like, These dick two ben. have had such a complicated relationship and they've gone back and forth so much over the time. And then ben he just shot him. And leaves. <laughs> yeah. He didn't die then. Like. <laughs> yeah, it's just he just kills him. Yeah, it's just and like that's the, that's why this scene is so great because again it's just like as you said they've had such a history, and it's just like the way like they do it like there's so many times they could have done this and just the the conflict with them and like you know in all realistic nature if you kind of think about how Locke's going to die and you said like three seasons ago oh Ben's going to come sure you'd believe it but it's just he's had so many opportunities and he finally does it and then just the way that he does it like literally saves him from killing himself. So that he can kill him himself. Like, it's just like, it's just such a dick thing to do. Like, think about all the ways that people could kill someone. Like, he literally could have just let him kill himself and then not have to live. Like, but he's such a prick. I'm going to save you from killing yourself and make you think that, oh, life's got a purpose. Nah, just joking. I'm going to kill you now. Like, it's such a dick move. It's brilliant, though. Like, I, I shouldn't be celebrating it, but this is why I love Ben. He's so evil. I feel like the murder is so on brand for Ben and the death is so on brand for Locke. The pathetic killing myself and then getting murdered when I had a glimmer of hope and then just sadistic Ben. Which is just like, I mean, God, like not that you want to sit here and think about ways you want to die, but one of the worst (laughs) ways to die, like finally realising that suicide's not an option only for someone to kill (laughs) you anyway. It's like if you t- if you turn around yourself and you're like, oh, I'm going to jump off a building today. No, I'm I love life. And then you walk outside the building and you're hit you. by a car. <laughs> so you know, there's something going on there with the universe. Not kind of liking John Locke, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. So I guess it wasn't fully unbelievable that Locke would die in the show, but I guess 
it's one of those deaths you can believe a boon or even a charlie oh, but too soon it's one of those deaths where you know it's possible but you just don't actually ever think you're gonna see it like it's john Locke. he's not gonna die uh and he, yeah even uh, 12 years on it's a little hard to kind of get your head around john Locke dies here um and we're going on a bit so maybe we'll eulogize him a bit more as we go along in the following weeks or whenever but uh yeah where does this rank in terms of character deaths and i guess when you watched it the first time did you think oh john Locke is dead or i guess the way this ends it's hard for us to really think that uh, look i think it's kind of as you were saying before like i don't think i ever really fathomed that he was dead because i mean he's not dead in a way because we've still got him on the island we just don't like that's a mystery of watching this for the first time is not knowing how he's alive we i don't think any of us is thinking that that's not Locke because i mean even in this episode he's like hello i'm john Locke," and at the end of this episode he's going to say that's the man who killed me so like in all intensive purposes Locke's not dead you know there he is on the island um but yeah i think i like i'd probably say this is up there as a top five death um because, again, he's a main character. He's arguably in the top three main characters on this show. An OG original top three character. So important to this show. And the death is just so cold and callous. Like, I mean, you know, all jokes aside about Boone, I mean, the guy gets crushed in a plane. Like, okay. Like, mm. you, you know, Libby's death is pretty shocking. You know, like you, you, Charlie's death is probably the, you know, Sun and Jin's, spoiler alert. You know, things like that. Like, there's shocking deaths. But, like, it's just the manner again, as I said. Like, it's, and it's, let's be honest, it's such a lock way to die. Like, I mean, this guy <laughs> fucking, how many times should he have died? He got pushed out of a building and some, <laughs> I sound like Jerry Seinfeld. What is the deal with Locke getting out of a building and surviving? Like, it's such a way that Locke should die um, based on his life. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, we've gone quite long in this episode. So, yeah, maybe we shouldn't eulogize it, but because I feel like it's a long time to eulogize Locke. But, yeah. Ah, it's 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 sad, but it sums up Locke. It, he's a sad character who just has so much shit happen to this guy, and it's like, yeah, it's iconic. I I will fight tooth and nail for this to be top five at the end of the season, and I think that I'll fight more harder than Boone dying. This is more important than Boone's death. So. I mean, we're seven episodes in, and there's nothing but we've had what like two moments. I think we've said. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's really sad, and uh, he was had lived a pathetic life, and he finally thought he found his purpose. Yeah, only to think that he failed, but he really didn't fail. He changed yeah. Jack's mind, and Jack takes on the mantle and becomes the new lock. So, if there's any kind of saving grace, he did succeed. He just ne- will never know about it. I guess in and the church, maybe. Yeah, and again, that just sums up Lock again. You know, like he kind of can achieve something, and then. It's, he's dead. He dead. So, yeah. Gummy Joe. Oh, poor Gummy Joe. But luckily for us, plenty more Terry O'Quinn. So it's not going to really feel for our perspective that Locke is gone. Plus the flash sideways, we get a ton of Locke. So Locke's still in the show. But uh, end of Locke there. Uh, so then that's it for the off-island. And then a little bit at the end, we're on the island. And we're going to, again, we've gone on a bit. We'll talk more about this throughout the rest of this season. But Terry O'Quinn does such a good job of, he didn't know what was happening, the actor at the time. He didn't really know. But he does an amazing job of being John Locke, but being nothing like John Locke. 
Yeah. Like, from our point of view, we think it's locked, but we also know there's something wrong with this guy. This is not the general lock. So it looks exactly like the guy that we know, but this is a completely different character, and we can see it from the very first scene. And is um, did Terry O'Quinn? I don't know if he's ever talked about this in an interview or whatever. But like, was was he given kind of this role, knowing that he's technically not Locke anymore, or is it kind of is he, he told to play he, it more mysteriously? Or he was told he wasn't told what he was. He didn't know he was Smokey, but he was told to play it differently. But that was right. his only briefing. He didn't know the background of the character. And it's just more credit to Terry O'Quinn that his only briefing was be mysterious and be not John Locke. Just just basically, you are no longer John Locke. You are a mysterious yeah. character. Play it that, that way. That was his only briefing, and he nails it from the get Yeah. You That's know immediately point. there's something wrong with this character right now. I mean, Darth Locke. I mean, come on. Yeah, Darth <laughs> Locke. That's what he is, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but we have him on the beach, and they were saying, well, the man in the suit that no one goes. Uh, and Alana comes up, and we'll... Again, we've gone on. We'll talk a bit about Alana maybe next week or whenever. Not next week, but uh, her character is really introduced now and she introduces herself and offers the mango. Hmm, that's the best mango I've ever tasted. Uh, don't know why he's Forrest Gump. But, um, <laughs> Resemblance is strange. Uh, and he's talking about the outrigger canoes and she says, well, a pilot and a woman left in one of them. Oh, a woman. Uh, a woman. <laughs> I was on that plane. I don't remember any women. Um, so we know that uh, Lapita survived at least. Uh, and then she asked, why were you dressed so nicely? Like, Look, when I go on a plane, I don't dress like a slob and I, d- I don't dress in a suit, but I feel like it's not totally well, out of the realms of possibility that someone it, would be in a suit. But in all seriousness, though, like it's, it's kind of dickish moment because like, in all seriousness, like, when people used to fly, when, like, commercial flights were a thing, you dressed up. Like, it was actually a thing. Like, if you ever watch any documentaries and like, the, the height of, like, the Pan Am days or, like, the, the glory days of flying in the 60s and 70s, um, it was a thing. You dressed up. Like, you you got on a plane and you got dressed up. So, like, how far we've come as a society. Like, Mildred's watching this, sitting at home with a sherry and all dressed up to the nines. <laughs> hey, when I used to fly back in the 60s, what a bitch. Like... <laughs> It's like it's everyone's saying, "Oh, we don't remember him. Why are you wearing a suit?" I get that he's supposed to be mysterious, but these are bad alibis or bad like cases against him. Like, what's going on? I'm, next time I fly, I'm literally going to head count and I'm going to walk around. I'm just going to stare at people. So when I get off the airport, I'm going to see some guy walking the other. You weren't on the flight. What are you doing in the terminal? Why are you wearing a suit? The game, the game that I actually like to play when you fly in America is you. I, I legitimately get on the plane. And I look at people. I'm like, which one's a U.S. marshal? One of these guys is a sky. Like you know, there's one on every plane, and they're always very incognito. So, and I shouldn't be to say guy, which person? Uh, so, and I, I can never guess it. You never guess which person's a sky marshal. But there's somebody there with a gun ready to go if shit goes down. Uh, as she was saying, why are you? Uh, he says, well, I was buried in the suit, uh, and. He doesn't remember how he died or remember being on the plane, which is really mysterious. And then I like on Lost Wiki, Wiki it says, Alana looks at him strangely and walks away. <laughs> um, and then we go back to Caesar. And we'll talk about more about Caesar in the following weeks too. Uh, and this is where he just tells him all about the Dharma Initiative and everything. Like These Ajira people are skipping so much uh, content that the first 
first flight. They had to do three seasons to get any of this. Yeah, <laughs> they were into it. They should have been in the... God, if they were in the first season, this show would have been done in like two seasons. Yeah, they're getting all of the information in one day. Uh, and then he talks about, well, I've been on this island for 100 days. And she's like, what? You were on this island? Uh, and... Uh, Oh, I'm Are you sorry, okay? I no, do you need some help? <laughs> I got distracted because I started reading Lost Wiki and it says yeah. Caesar, uh, confused, uh, asked what if he can explain what he saw on the plane and he described how he was sitting next to a heavyset man with curly hair. <laughs> and then there's a link for heavyset man with curly hair, Hugo Hurley Rest. Oh, <laughs> uh, and the heavy man disappeared from a flash of light. I do like this because at this point, the last time we saw them, they were like with gin in the in the water there. Um, and then Locke says, well, now I have a bit of a better idea of how I came to the island, which I kind of like that. And keeping in mind that the man in black, he is also trying to piece together things at this point. It's not just Locke. This is the man in black trying to figure out everything. Uh, and Locke says, well, is everyone who disappeared accounted for? And Caesar says, well, everyone except for those who were injured in the crash, these guys have got a freaking hospital compared to the <laughs> the first lot that crashed. Uh, so he goes into the hospital, and then we've got creepy Darth Gummy Joe Locke just staring at Ben, who's just having a little nap, uh, which is really creepy. And he says, well, that's the man who killed me. Uh, which, again, I thought this ended with Welcome to the Land of the Living, but this is still a great ending to seeing as literally last scene we saw them happen and now holy shit Locke and Ben are gonna have another showdown Locke's back from the dead I I just want to say the Al Jazeera people um are not that exciting um I mean let's I mean I like Caesar but we'll we'll talk about more I don't know like it's kind of you think about the ones that get introduced the tailies yeah exciting people you know the the helicopter people the freighter people yeah they've got the you know pretty exciting the Al Jazeera people eh you know, could have been, could have been more. Could have been more. I don't know. Like they're just kind of, they're just so bleh. It's kind of, you know, you're at the end when you got the Al Jazeera folk. <laughs> so where are they? Where are all the flight attendants? They were the nice people. So yeah. um, <laughs> they're all dead. Does it make sense though when he says, "I don't remember dying" or "I don't remember how I died," to then saying, "This is the man who killed me"? <laughs> well, he knows he died, but. Is he just like having random like? Yeah, it's, it's a good point you make though with the fact that these people are onto it. They're digging through the Dharma stuff. They're into the station. They're like fucking near. They're like, they're, we, I want these guys no in the beginning. No wasted around. Like, oh, they, Jack they literally and crashed the day before. Mild flirting <laughs> takes up a couple of seasons. You know, bloody. We wasted so much time. Vincent, uh, the peanut butter. Like, I mean, God, what a waste of time we've had. Jack's tattoos. Jesus. If only these guys crashed. People in Al Jazeera are straight to the point. <laughs> Al Jazeera. Uh, yeah, so that was a great end to a, a, a great episode and the death. Uh, let's just quickly go through some of the trivia and then we'll get to our, our last bit of bits. Uh, oh, my God. Locke purchased the power cord from Angel's Hardware, which is the name <laughs> of a hardware store that's now defunct since the 80s. Ooh. Great. The, oh, the mango is that. considered by many in India to be the fruit of knowledge. Is that just general trivia about life? Yep. Uh, 
Yeah, this is not good. The newspaper was January 14th, 2005. Um, Did you see the Aaron one here that William Blanchett is credited as Aaron but doesn't appear in this episode only because Aaron is on the front page of the newspaper? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, he probably got paid for that too. Well, there's actually a very big um, trivia note here about somebody. I'm I'm jumping ahead, but um, yeah. Which one? The, this is the first time in the history of Lost that Josh Holloway, Sawyer, has not appeared for two consecutive episodes. I knew there was something missing. Yeah, freckles. <laughs> uh, yeah, for a big episode, there's not a ton of real trivia or anything. Uh, some of the other extended episodes were the other 48 days. Makes sense. Uh, Abiturno, that's the Richard episode. Makes sense. Question mark, very mysterious episode. And what Kate did? What did she do? I don't know. <laughs> she extended the episode by three minutes. Um, well, as she should. The New York extras are shown several times throughout the scene in an inconsistent manner. I, I like the picture. There's a photo here with writing on it to prove this. <laughs> Blooper with New York extras. Okay, uh, let's move on. The questions and answers. Well, the big question is, how is Locke alive? Or what's up with Locke being here on the island? Yeah. Um, uh, in terms of answers, well, did we, the we Walt have something one, about Locke dying? Wasn't there a Walt um, question about why did Walt appear? Or is that one of these ones that we never actually get an answer for? Yeah, um, I don't think we answered any Walt things. It's, it's a bit of a waste. Where is did it? we have anything about Locke dying? Uh, I think we did. Yeah, Surely how did Locke did. die? Surely it must have been a question. If we didn't, then let's quickly add it and pretend we had it. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, season four, episode 14, how did Locke die? Yay, we answered something. He ding, was ding, murdered ding, by ding. Ben. Sorry, folks, I didn't mean to murder him. Um, I think so that's it. Can... The main so question is about Locke. Why won't my parakeet eat my diarrhea? Um, where's Aaron last week? What did Kate do to Aaron? Where is he? What did you do? Um, so sorry, what the question specifically is, how did Locke survive? Yeah, or how did he come back alive? How did Locke come back to life on the island? Okay, so has to be one of our longest episodes, which makes sense for this episode because it's such a big John Locke episode so no problems there um so it all comes down to this the most important thing 12 years on are you going to buy rent or bin the life and death of jeremy benson the big answer you've been waiting for is (laughs) after this break we'll be back after that i think i'm buying it i'm buying it i like this episode yeah I, i i think when you got a big character death like this, it's a buy, and it's not like it's a bad episode around it. Um, I'm on my edge of my well, not my edge of my seat, but I'm enjoying it. Like I like kind of old Gummy Joe's adventures around the world, like cheapflights.com. Where's he gonna go? <laughs> uh, Aberdeen's great. Uh, you know, random Walt appearance. I'm not as down on as you. Um, kind of just this long mystery that we've had about how old Gummy Joe dies. Um, and Darth Locke. Like, there's there's nothing bad in this episode. <laughs> Uh, and, like, I think it stands out with a great scene with, with Locke dying. So, yeah, no, it's a buy for me. Yeah, I'll buy too. Uh, it's it's a strange episode, but it, it works as it fills in a lot of puzzle pieces and gaps that were missing from the last two seasons. 
um, really sets up the second half of the season um, and really works as part two of last week. Um, and yeah, considering we had a major character death two episodes ago, this one completely shits all over that. So um, yeah, there's a lot of good in here. It's not my favorite of all time, but I enjoy Locke reuniting with these characters. I wish there was a bit more of them being a bit more surprised or there was a bit more drama rather than them all just being like, oh, look, no, I'm not going <laughs> to come with you. It's a bit kind of like lackluster, especially as last season they were all talking about, did Jeremy Bentham visit you? Don't mention his yeah, name. That's a good and point, then it's actually. just like, oh, hi, Locke. Um, but uh, there's a lot of good stuff and it all comes together with the death with Ben it's so sadistic and Locke gonna kill himself and then the oh. real mysterious stuff on the island with the man in black all ties it together to make it a really solid 45 minutes of television um so not my favorite episode of Lost of all time but definitely a real solid important this is you wouldn't call this a filler episode yeah I agree and I think kind of the way I'm rating this I'll just jump in and say I'm rating this at 46 right now out of our 93 we're very close to 100 episodes um i've got this the highest of all season five so far uh so i've got it just below cabin fever and just ahead of hearts and minds yeah no it's happy i've got an episode ahead of hearts and minds so uh, cabin fever also a lock episode yeah so my highest highest uh season five episode so far 46 so still haven't really rated this season very highly so far uh, i think you have a few higher ones um so Cool, been a bit of a marathon, but important episode. Next week, we conclude our trilogy of these sort of middle episodes. It really is a trilogy. We had the Oceanic Six, then we had What Happened to Gummy Joe and Locke and, and Ben, and now we kind of conclude that trilogy of What the Hell Happened to the People on the Island. And the other ones we had a bit of an idea for, this one, other than the scene of Jin, we have no idea what's going to happen to these people once Locke left. Like, this is the biggest mystery. Uh, so next week we have Le Fleur, uh, part three of our trilogy of episodes. Uh, really fun episode. Uh, and I think this ties these three episodes together and perfectly sets up the second half of the season. It almost feels like a sort of mid-season finale of sorts. Uh, but a lot of fun in this episode and uh good to see it all kind of come together and season five is really ramping up now i'm Sawyer. very ex so uh Sawyer, like we've missed him for two episodes but um yeah. get excited for our guest star from another show that we are covering on this season on this podcast who at least at the time of us recording this lost episode we are not quite into her first episode on season two but uh do you know who i'm talking about i know you did watch some of 24 but you you know who i'm talking about I think I know the character I lost you're talking about, but I don't recall them being on 24. Oh, you don't you're remember Michelle the, the on 24? Yeah, Rico Ellsworth. Yeah. I don't remember a her on 24. AKA Michelle. She was a very prominent character on 24. Um, Tony's wife. We'll Tony's get to that wife. next week. Anyway, um, gotta love me some Rachel Ellsworth. So I, I forgot, I completely forgot she was in Lost. So uh, when I saw her, I'm like, oh my God, Michelle. So um, yeah, I, I, I don't mind next week's episode. It's it's decent. Um, I get a little bit teary at the end. I'm not going to lie. Kind of like <laughs> the little moment at the end of this episode. Um, but one thing I don't like, and I'm just not a fan of them together. 
is Sawyer and Juliet. I'm sorry. Just, just look. Sawyer can get anyone he wants. Uh, Juliet can get anyone she wants. But our lovable quadrangle of love, they're doing it wrong. I'm sorry. It's Jack and Juliet and it's Kate and Sawyer. That's, to me, the couples I want. Hashtag not my couple. So, <laughs> I, I like, in all seriousness, I just... I remember watching this for the first time thinking, like, it just feels a bit forced. Like, oh, like, Jack and Kate have to get together, so Sawyer and Juliet should get together. Like, I've never been a fan of these two as a couple, so I don't like it. But outside of that, I, I enjoy this episode. Horace? I like Horace. <laughs> oh, no. You know? <laughs> um, I am. I kind of I, I like what we get with this, how they kind of sneakily get into the, the Dharma Initiative. Like, it's kind of, like, it's interesting, but... um. Yeah, I don't know. Suburban Sawyer living on the island. Why not? Yeah, I think there's a lot of fun and we'll get into it next episode, the end of this sort of trilogy. Um, Until then, let us know what you thought about the life and death of Jeremy Bentham and about Gummy Joe. Uh, Justice for Gummy Joe? Did he have it hard done? Was Kate a dick to him? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Gummy Gummy Joe lives matter. Yeah, we we will miss you, Gummy Joe. Uh, rest in peace. So and rest in peace, Helen. Uh, so make sure to listen to any of our other episodes and to tune in next week. Now we're really getting through the season five episodes. Uh, lots of fun. We're really a season and a half away from the end, so we're really going through it. Uh, until next time, my name is Noah, and Ben is the man who killed me. Thank you. This Ben, not the other Ben. My name is Ben, and I've been having dreams about you. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net Thanks again for listening and we'll speak to you next time. like exclusive stuff? Yes, sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah! If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon! That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. <laughs>